may be seated. Welcome to the Preston Crest Church of Christ. We're here this afternoon to celebrate the life of Gerald Davis. On behalf of the family, I want to thank you for coming today. They have expressed to me several times over the past couple of weeks how much your support has meant to them, and I know it means a great deal to them that you're here today. This place that we're in today, this property, and these people here, you, have been very special to Gerald over the years. The Pace Setters group was kind of like a, a family to Gerald and Anne. And this afternoon, we're going to remember the legacy of Gerald. We're going to remember the life that he lived and especially remember the people that he touched along the way. And so we gather on a day like this in a, in a spirit of both sadness and celebration. Sadness is obvious. It's separation. It's saying goodbye for now. The celebration is the hope that we have, a concrete hope that Gerald has received his reward, that he has experienced his victory in Christ Jesus. And knowing that Gerald was a man of faith, we rejoice today that his faith has become sight, that he has received his reward. Gerald Ray Davis passed through heaven's gates on September the 21st, 2018, after a long, hard-fought battle with cancer. He was born to Opal Marcella Shirley Davis, Louis Travis Davis, on October 9, 1940, in Lubbock, where he spent his entire youth. In 1959, he graduated from Monterey High School. Gerald was always a very responsible, hard-working person, he lost his father at the age of nine and had to help his mother by taking care of his two younger siblings. From age 15, he went to work at his uncle's grocery store. Very soon, he was promoted to night manager. He always thrived on meeting and being with people. After graduating from Texas Tech with a degree in marketing, he went into sales and for his entire career worked hard to put the right products with the right people. He married his beloved wife, Anne, on August the 24th, 1963, and lived in the Texas towns of Waco, Paris, and Gainesville, ultimately settling in the Dallas Metroplex. And although they attended the same junior high and high school, they did not date until college. They were married for over 55 blessed years. Being the son of a very godly mother, Gerald was baptized at the age of 12, had a deep faith his entire life, lived a full life as a loving brother, uncle, husband, father, and grandfather. He loved nothing more than raising he and Anne's daughter, Jennifer, and seeing her grow and blossom into a strong, young Christian woman. She was the light of his life. He loved Jennifer's husband, Matt, like a son and was extremely proud of him. And the grandchildren, Grant and Sheridan, were the apples of his eye. He adored them and loved being their papa. Gerald is survived by his loving wife, Ann Baxter Davis of Plano. 
daughter Jennifer Davis Kimball and her husband Matt and grandchildren Grant Davis and Sheridan Grace of Frisco. Sister Shara Clay Fossoltz and husband Ed of Lubbock. Sister Judy Clay McCullough and husband Dick of Roanoke, Virginia. Sister-in-law Lynn Baxter Henderson and husband Joe Wichita Falls. Many nieces and nephews, Dondi Atchison Fielder, Krista Atchison, Tori Atchison, Marcy Farsholtz, Keeney, Tara Beth Farsholtz, Seymour, Tim Davis, Ramsey McCullough, Stephen Baxter, Richard Baxter, and Margie Baxter Frank. He is preceded in death by his father, Travis Davis, mother, Marcella Davis Clay, stepfather, Herman Clay, sister, Shirley Mae Davis Atchison, and brother, Ricky Davis. There's a hymn we sing called uh, Precious Lord Take My Hand. And as we pray right now, why not take the hand of someone next to you and hold their hand? Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the avenue of prayer. When we pray, Father, these are not just ordinary moments, but these are very special moments. You are the Almighty God, you are our Creator, and Father, we need you every hour. We pray, Father, to you to thank you for all of our blessings and to pray for the needs of others. The needs right now are for an abundance of peace, courage, strength, and comfort for the Davis family. May their lives, Father, be flooded with good memories of the life of Gerald. It is a very difficult time as their lives have been changed. Their lives will never be quite the same. Your word tells us that life is like a vapor, that we appear here for just a little while and then we're gone. All of us here today are just not many steps behind Gerald. We can only imagine how beautiful heaven will be. Yes, we can only imagine. No more pain, suffering, or death ever again. We remember Gerald today, Father, as a very humble man, never with a focus on himself. But his focus in this life you gave him was upon you, his family, and others. I can only imagine that during the last hours of Gerald's life here upon this earth, that his thoughts were, I surrender all. This world is not my home. And it is well with my soul. Precious Lord, take my hand. 
and Jesus was home. Thank you, Father, for sharing Gerald with all of us for these years. Bless this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's sing together. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
scriptures. Um, actually, this Bible is my grandpa's. My Mimi gave it to me the other day, um, and I was looking through it uh, for the verses. It became very evident how much my grandfather loved God. Um, all the pages have been read through many times. You can tell they're all marked up and down. Um, so I just thought it was really cool that I get to read from it. So I'd like to start with Psalm 100. Shout for, the jo- shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Next I'd like to read from Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Lastly, I'd like to read from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. So... As many of y'all know, uh, my grandfather always loved children and babies, so me and my sister always felt very lucky to have him growing up, uh, as he always treated us best and always put us first in his life. We always looked up to him, and because of the character he showed us, we always wanted to be better around him. He did so much for not only us grandchildren, but also for my family. So when I was looking back on my memories of him, trying to pick out maybe some of my fondest memories, one that came to my mind was whenever he was teaching me to drive on Sundays. He taught both me and my sister how to drive, and whenever he was teaching me, he'd always take, us to this, take me to this undeveloped neighborhood. So that mean, means it had streets, stop signs, alleyways, even parking spots, and utility boxes, but it had no houses, so that meant there were no people. So it was a perfect place to practice. So we would drive for a bit, usually one to two hours, and at the end, he'd tell me to go to the alley, and this is always my favorite part. When we get in the alley, he'd tell me to like gun it. And so I'd go up as fast as I could. And I, usually I could only get to like 40 or 48 because it's, like, it's an alley. But it was, it was pretty cool for me at the time. It was pretty cool for a teenage guy. And he showed no emotion during it. He, would, he was just totally relaxed. He wouldn't even flinch when I had to slam on the brakes. Um, so I know that he was the only guy that could really take it like that. And he was pretty cool about it. And it's simple memories like that and going to church with my grandparents every Sunday and staying over at their house the night before um, that makes me really appreciate that he provided such a great life for us so that we can enjoy simple pleasures and simple memories like that. So I went to my sister and asked her if she could narrow her memories down to one. She told me her favorite times with him were always around Christmas time because he would uh, come and make fudge with her. So he'd come over to the house, and he'd bring all the ingredients. For a couple hours, they'd spend time together, just them two, making fudge. And while they let it set up and cool, uh, he would play with her and her toys or whatever she wanted to do. 
And I always thought that took a lot of patience, but um, he, he just acted like he was having a fun time with it. So um, it just became very evident through looking at that memory for not only her, but for me, uh, how much she adored her and adored us. Um, and we loved him so much, and we were very appreciative that he treated us that way. He was always very kind to not only us, but to other people, uh, and he truly embodied the fruits of the Spirit. He, we will miss him, not only just me and my sister, but my family as well. And um, we are thankful for the life he had and that we had with him. Well, good afternoon. Uh, our family is extremely uh, grateful and appreciative that uh, you are here to, today and have taken the time to spend with us as we remember Gerald. Um, Gerald was a Texas Tech Red Raider. See a few out there. <clears throat> when Jennifer was in high school, uh, Gerald told her that he would fund her college to any school in Texas except one. <clears throat> Add to that the fact that he was extremely proud that his grandson was an Aggie. <laughs> Therefore, I'm sure he is tickled pink that we didn't schedule this around the UTOU game today. On the other hand, if you know Gerald, he was such an easygoing guy that if some of you need to put an earbud and listen to the game, I mean, he'd be perfectly fine with that, so feel free. In the brief amount of time that we have, it's really impossible to adequately tell you about Gerald and about his life. I'm reminded of the beginning stanzas of a poem by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend he referred to the dates on the tombstones from the beginning to the end. He noted that the first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but said that what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth, and now only those who love them know what that little line was worth. So let's talk about Gerald's little line. He was an extremely hard worker and a lifelong learner. He learned the value of hard work at an early age when his family needed him. You heard about that already. His time working in the Lubbock grocery store and the pet store formed the foundational drive uh, for success in life. Gerald transformed himself professionally several times in his career. He experienced great success in the air conditioning industry, then ran his own beauty supply business. He eventually tackled the printing and color imaging business and finally was a respected leader at Tempo. In each of these transitions, his voracious reading habits and ability to quickly learn helped him become highly successful in those environments. I'm convinced half-price books was kept afloat because Gerald loved to read. He has an extensive library of, of books um, and I can remember we would take books to him and bring books back and give him gift cards, and he just loved to read, and that's what gave him that ability to quickly learn. Uh, it allowed him to connect with people, to gain great insights in life, and to be able to carry a conversation about any topic. One of the attributes that I admire most about Gerald was his patience, and Grant already mentioned that. I'm sure much of it is rooted in his DNA, however, some of that patience just came from, from life circumstances. At an early age, his father passed away, and 
Gerald became the man of the family. Now, his siblings, I'm told, would tell you that he was the perfect child. But I would imagine he had to work on patience at an early age. His patience was probably most on display during forays into decorating with Ann and Jennifer. A lot of guys laughed at that one. He has hung many pictures, curtains, etc., only to have to lower it a little on the left. Now, now raise it a little on the right. <clears throat> I think one time I actually saw him pretend to lower it on a left when Ann asked him to. Only to give me that side little grin that he had, indicating I really didn't do anything. <laughs> His patience and wisdom are hallmarks I have heard over and over from people that worked with Gerald. Gerald was always a patient teacher. He never pushed his thoughts or opinions on you, but gave you time to consider his thinking and arrive at your own conclusions. His co-works often found this refreshing and helpful in the work environment. He was rarely direct, but always wise. The only time I recall him being direct was when I approached him to ask for Jen's hand in marriage. Now, it wasn't like I've had a lot of practice in that matter, and thank goodness I haven't had to practice it since then. He was gracious and kind, supportive of a nervous college kid. He expressed his support and love for his daughter and for our marriage with one expectation, and this is the direct part. He firmly expressed his expectation that I would not, I repeat, I would not move his daughter to Alaska. <laughs> well, I'm a Texan now. <laughs> Gerald was a family man. He was the epitome of a godly man, loving spouse, amazing father, and adoring grandfather. His family meant everything to him. He was extremely devoted to his wife, Anne. An example of his devotion and easygoing approach comes in a story about peas. When Ann and Gerald were first married, Ann regularly fixed dinner. And the Ann that I know is an amazing cook with a plethora of recipes. However, in those early days, she had a go-to side dish. For some reason, she had it in her mind that Gerald had indicated that he loved peas. After numerous consecutive nights of peas, and since perhaps a minor dissatisfaction with the side dish, and that maybe he didn't enjoy the peas and wasn't eating them, and she asked why he wasn't eating his peas because she knew he loved him. And Gerald's reply was simply, I never said I loved peas. I like them, but not every single night. <laughs> and that was Gerald. He, he just rolled with it. He went along with it. Wasn't upset about it, but if you asked him, he'd let you know. He always wanted to make sure Ann felt loved and appreciated. And I think if you look on the back of the program, you see the evidence of that. Ann, his love, and love for and devotion to you is deeper and richer than I've ever seen. He worked tirelessly to make sure you and Jennifer were taken care of and led in a godly way. I know the uncertain future is very scary for you, but take solace in the fact that while alive, Gerald made sure you would be fine when he was gone. Jennifer and I won't let you down. We won't replace that loving spouse, but we'll always be there for you. 
excuse me. If he was loving and enduring with Anne, he was smitten with Jennifer. She was the light of his life. They had a love for games and movies. They loved art. Come to think about it, anything that Jennifer loved, Gerald loved. Gerald was Jennifer's rock, her solid ground, her go-to person for wisdom and understanding. That's never why I could understand why he let her marry me, but that's all another story. <laughs> Jennifer's fondest memories are the vacations their family had together, his presence at every event and activity she had, even when it meant him showing up in a yellow rain slicker at a high school football game. And Jennifer's still scarred by that event. <clears throat> Gerald and Jennifer had a spe special bond, one, frankly, that sometimes I didn't understand until I had a daughter of my own, until I watched Jennifer and Gerald this last year. He loved you unconditionally. He was extremely proud of Jennifer. And while nobody can replace him, he'll always be with you. You'll remember him in a laugh. You'll remember him when you see Tigger. This is not good. You will remember him in moments small and big, and he will always be there. Gerald's pride and joy were his grandchildren and Sheridan. And pride would be an understatement. His face lit up when the grandkids came calling. He adored them. As you heard, he taught them both to drive, and Jennifer and I are extremely grateful for that, <laughs> especially going 48 miles an hour down a highway. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he came to all their events. He came to cross-country meets early in the morning, band performances at night, recognition ceremonies. Always the doting grandfather, he spun his sage advice into stories and conversations. He made sure he read books and watched movies that were interesting to the kids, just so he could have those lengthy conversations with them. He was an amazing example to them, one that they'll always cherish. Grant and Sheridan, he meant the world. You meant the world to him. And the meaning of that will only grow deeper over time. Our family is deeply grateful to the entire staff and caregivers at Dayspring. The care and compassion you showed Gerald and our family gave dignity and peace of mind. We're also thankful for Compass Hospice Group. All the nurses and staff were so accommodating and caring. And we'll always love and appreciate the two hospice nurses who sat with Gerald around the clock. We could not have asked for him to be in better hands. To his Tempo family, you have amazed our family with your integrity and inexplicable support beyond what most companies would do. Gerald loved his job and he admired each of you. He found great fulfillment and satisfaction in your company. And I will say that because of your example of respect and kindness, our family will always be your customers. To Ann and Gerald's beloved paysetter class, you are the hands and feet of Jesus and ministered to the family greatly. We appreciate that.
To our Preston Crest family, this was home to him. We have known many of you for many years, and Gerald loved each and every one of you. We appreciate the countless prayers that were lifted up on his behalf. And above all, he loved God. He knew his Savior Jesus, and that drove his faith and dedication. No one was ever sh more sure of where he was going. Our family is extremely proud of Gerald's dash. He lived a life in service to God through Christ and was ready to be home with his Savior. I'm convinced he's looking down with that sideways Joe Pesci-like grin, saying, I'm good, guys. Don't be sad for me. I think he probably hung around as long as he did out of his deep love and devotion to his beloved wife, Anne, and the light of his life, his daughter, Jennifer. So with that, I'll close with the rest of Linda Ellis's poem. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we lived and loved and how we spent our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that still can be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about you, about how you lived your dash? Again, we deeply are deeply appreciative of your presence, your prayers, and your kind words. Gerald was a special person and will be missed. Thank you.
I get where I'm going On the far side of the sky The first thing that I'm gonna do Is spread my wings and fly I'm gonna land beside a lion And run my fingers through his mane Or I might find out what it's like To ride a drop of rain Yeah, when I get where I'm going There'll be only happy tears I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years And I'll leave my heart wide open I will love and have no fear Yeah, when I get where I'm Cry for me down here. I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy. I'm gonna ask that we stand and sing this next song, How Great Thou Art. Let's stand and sing. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the For some time now, leading up to Gerald's final breath, he lived, I was thinking this week, he kind of lived the heart divided 
but in a good way, um, one foot here, we've heard how much he loved his family. But he certainly had one foot planted in heaven. And so he was leaning one way and leaning the other way, longing to be in two places at once, I think you could say. Grant, that story about speeding down the alley, I kind of wonder, yeah, he was ready. <laughs> no, I don't think he was ready then. But. but that's something Jennifer and Ann talked to me the last couple of weeks about just, he's ready the last time I saw Gerald. I went and prayed with Gerald and you and Jane and my wife was there. You said, he's ready. He certainly was. He wanted to be here with you, Anne, with you, Jennifer, with the grandkids, and he wanted to be home with his Lord. And you can see this tension even in the scrawls on the back of that program today. In the notes that he wrote to Anne, he loved you so much, but he hoped at the same time in something more than this world could ever offer Jennifer, you told me this week that he really identified with words that the Apostle Paul penned. Philippians chapter 1, Paul wrote, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient, sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ." But to die is gain. It's a promotion. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? Paul writes, I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far but it is necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. And I love that passage. I love those words. So honest, so raw. It sounds unfiltered to me. Um, I love you folks in Philippi, Paul writes. And we know from the rest of the letter, he did. He, that was his family. Paul was a single man, and that was his family, those Christians in Philippi. I want to make more memories with you, he writes. I want to have more stories to share with you, he writes. I want to hear more and more about the progress as you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, he writes. But at the same time, Paul says, look, I'm just going to be honest. I also want to be with the Lord. I am torn. It is a tug of war. I can't wait to go home, which Paul wrote is, quote unquote, better by far. Gerald couldn't wait to go to heaven. And his hope was contagious for us at Preston Crest, for his brothers and sisters. It spread. Folks in the pace setters class, his family, and it was this hope that pulled him forward even as he struggled, even as his body let him down. And it was that hope that 
I think, helped him push through and hold on. Once again, the Apostle Paul. What a beautiful passage here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, writing to another church that he loved. He, he writes, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away our physical bodies, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an internal glory that far outweighs them all. Wow. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Gerald is home. Gerald is more alive now than he ever was when he was among us on earth. Gerald is experiencing a joy greater now than he ever experienced on earth, and he experienced some joyful moments. Joy, Gerald is more at peace now, I promise you, than he ever was here. And I would suggest Gerald is more Gerald now. When we meet him, when we are reunited with our brother, our husband, our grandpa, our father, our friend, we're going to see the very best version of Gerald. He has achieved an eternal glory that far outweighs anything here. Christian author Steve DeWitt penned these words. This world and its history are prelude and foretaste. All the sunrises and sunsets, the symphonies and rock concerts, the feasts and friendships are but whispers. They are a prologue to the grander story and an even better place. Only there, it will never end. J.I. Packer said it so well, hearts on earth say in the course of a joyful experience, I don't want this ever to end. But invariably it does. The hearts in heaven say, I want this to go on forever. And it will. And there can be no better news than this. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you why. Why was Gerald ready to go? Why did Gerald talk so much about his Lord? Because he had a confidence, and it was not a confidence, as is so much confidence in this world, a confidence grounded on his accomplishments, and they were many. It was not a confidence grounded on his character, and he had strong character. It was a confidence grounded and founded in the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Gerald Davis's confidence. That was his sure foundation. 
And as believers, we share this confidence, at least we should, because our sins have been washed away, forever dealt with by Jesus Christ. We are not saved because of our goodness, our righteousness. We're saved because of what Jesus did for us. We're saved by his righteousness. As the old hymn says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Years ago, if you'll indulge me, share one story, but there's a point to it. I had a neat opportunity to go out to Washington, D.C. one summer. I was just getting started in college and went out there to work as an intern with our congressman from southwest Missouri, who at the time was a guy named Gene Taylor. Everybody loved Gene Taylor. Homespun Gene Taylor, great guy. He served us well for many back-to-back terms. So I was out there working with Gene. And while I was there, had the opportunity to work in one of the congressional office buildings and from time to time do errands, Little jobs cross the street over into the Capitol building. And even with my little credentials, and I was so proud of those little credentials, right? Even with those, I had to get in line just like everybody else to go through the metal detector to have, you know, briefcase or whatever searched and all of that stuff. And then one day, the boss, Congressman Taylor, my time was coming to an end that summer. He said, hey, let's go out to lunch. We'll go to the members' dining room there over at the Capitol. And I was like, sure, I'll I'll go to lunch with you. I'd love to. That'd be great. And I remember we crossed the street from the office building into the Capitol building, walked into the lobby, long line as always of people waiting to get through security. And Taylor just kind of put his arm around my back, and we just walked around the line, all the way around. Went around to the right side of the metal detector. He just looked at the security detail, winked, and said, he's with me. And I imagine at Heaven's Gates, everybody has different ideas, right? I imagine this giant metal detector looking device but only it's not a metal detector it is a sin detector and we know heaven is a perfect place we can't go with our sin into heaven heaven cannot admit iniquity into this paradise and so I imagine there is this sin detector and people are supposed to pass through God simply has to keep the sin out of this place. And I think about Gerald a few days back, getting to heaven. I think about Jesus putting his arm around him, just walking right around the security detail, and with a wink, the Lord said, He's with me. That's our faith. That's our confidence. We are thankful for the amazing grace of Jesus. We're thankful for the certain hope we have that we will be reunited with Gerald and others because of our faith in Christ Jesus.
Davis was a very special Christian man and a dear friend. He will be missed by all of us and uh, never forget him standing over here every Sunday morning he would be visiting um, David Benoit and I and we talk a lot about golf and football and and um, but the one thing that always stood out with about Gerald was that he he just always thought of the other person. He, he dearly loved and protected his lovely wife, Ann. And then on the back of the program, Gordon mentioned, it says, to Ann, the love of my life and steadfast companion for over 50 wonderful years. And um, one time, years ago, Gerald came to work with me as one of my general managers, and um, he wanted to let me know right up front he said, Laren, there'll never be, well, I'll never let our business relationship come between our wives. And he, he never did. So now we go to God in prayer, and um, we want to thank him for Gerald's life. Father, as we conclude this beautiful celebration of Gerald's life, we give you thanks for Gerald's lifelong faithful dedication to you and to his Lord and to his Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that Gerald is now free from pain and the suffering so long. And we Know that the family is thankful for the peace that comes from knowing that Gerald is with you and, and thankful that uh, someday they will see him again. We're thankful, Father, that Gerald died, uh, that Jesus died for all of our sins and gave all of us the hope of eternal life and that Gerald lived an exemplary life, faithful to Jesus to the very end. And we pray that you will give the entire family of peace that passes all understanding. Give them comfort and strength to get through the difficult times. Father, we all love Gerald. We'll miss seeing the smile on his face, the wink of his eye, his depth of knowledge of the scriptures, and his friendship. And now, as we dismiss from the service today, be with all of us, Keep us close to you, Father, and to Jesus, and may your blessings continue to be upon all of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
to leave, I did, I did want to let you know, the family wants you to know, that there's a reception across the hall here. There's cookies, there's punch. The family will be over there, and you don't necessarily need to stay a long time, but I know it would mean the world to them if, if they could see you, if Ann would get a hug from you. So feel free to go over there and uh, meet them and love on them a little bit. Thanks for being here today. <laughs> 